0: There are actual pictographs in Oregon of a Bigfoot that are dated to furthest dating was like three thousand years old. So in some areas, like Native tribes will will consider them friendly, um, and they live in clans and they interact with them a little bit. While in others, like the Bigfoots, like dragging their women away and eating their kids.
1: I mean, all of these, almost as a thread throughout all of these cultures, they all claim that this is a supernatural being that lives between, like, that basically lives half in the realm of rebirth. But no, there's, there's uh, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of years here, maybe even thousands of years where people have been seeing this. Perhaps the most well-recorded cryptid ever is Bigfoot's cousin, the Yeti. So the Metaphysical Podcast had to dive into the history you never knew was real. What are the different classifications of Yetis? What did American explorers find when they went looking for it in the 1950s? Are all the Yeti relics that exist today just debunked hoaxes, or is there evidence the Yeti left behind? Hear remote viewing data from me, John Vivanco, on the
0: abominable snowman himself that will blow your mind. Hear investigative research from Rob Counts on the history of the Yeti, and tune in for a show that's out of this world. Are you listening to the Metaphysical Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or elsewhere? Leave us that five-star rating and review. It really helps us reach more people. And remember, you've got to like, follow, and subscribe on YouTube, Rumble, Ganjing World, Twitter, and Facebook.
1: hey john how you doing hey good good (laughs) today's subject is one that i've been waiting for for a long time we're gonna be talking about the most like the most recorded cryptid in the history of our planet i think like we've got an ancient history that has followed this thing called the yeti and yeah we're gonna be getting into that and i think John, you were just, before the show just started, yeah. you were kind of just telling me a few things about how I think a lot of people commonly think that this, this the, the ideas around the Yeti started. What, what happened?
0: Yeah, I was doing, so I wanted to find out, because Native cultures, um, Native uh, American in the United States to uh, like Eastern cultures where the Yeti is, they have their creation myths about, you know, everything in the world. And so I was doing searches around, you know, what are the creation myths from native cultures on Bigfoot and the Yeti? And, and literally like every article that would show up coming from CNN, BBC, all of the, these like mainstream places saying that the modern or the, the, the myth of Bigfoot, for instance, began with the Patterson Gimlin film. And, and, and I've never heard of this thing. What is the what the is the Patterson Gimlin film? Is that film? I you know you don't remember the year. It must have been seventies or sixties. Of of a person taking it's like a Super Eight camera, yeah. using a Super Eight camera of um, a Bigfoot running across. It's that famous. It's that famous film, Bigfoot running across a rocky area in front of a, a stream in the Pacific Northwest so so media claims that this was the beginning of the bigfoot myth right that,
1: so that super famous video is called the gimlin film. yeah oh because right. we've showed this on the show i just i think i've just not remembered the name of this
0: yeah the Patterson, the Patterson gimlin, gimlin film. film got it right and so so i was looking specifically for what are the creation myths surrounding both the yeti and the bigfoot and mainstream doesn't even bring any of that stuff up you can't find that stuff unless you dig really really deep even then it's very difficult because native cultures across the world have been experiencing this creature for a lot longer than 19 whatevers so so i found that interesting and they also they also claim that scientists have figured out what the Yeti is.
1: Which is what? Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it's like, it's unequivocal in these articles that it's just a bear. (laughs) That's frustrating. It's just a bear, man.
1: Yeah, it's again, oh, the ancient people were all just stupid and they had no way. they don't know what they're doing. We're talking about people that were outside a lot more than us. People that, that were outside. I know, man. like we're all inside (laughs) researching crap from an armchair now. And worse than like, oh, it was just a bear. And and ancient people were stupid. They're outside all the time. They don't have TVs or computers. All they do is look at bears all the time and they can't tell something that looks strange, you know, apart from a bear. Exactly.
0: It's so fascinating. The just the engineering that goes on through these mediums is unbelievable. Unbelievable to me, like really, like you could you, you pull up native native myths, native stories of any land, and you're gonna find leads into what's truthful, not not stuff that mainstream is putting out. Unbelievable stuff.
1: Yeah, and they neglect you
0: know, that hundred percent. Neglect that. I just I couldn't see. believe that they were saying the the myth of Bigfoot began with that film. I just couldn't yeah, which believe is just said that because Native peoples have had stories of that since forever.
1: It's so, ir- like, it's the most irresponsible reporting that you yeah. could possibly do. And, like, this is why I have a really hard time listening to talking heads on TV is because no matter what channel it's on, I don't even care. Right. I doubt you're going to do the legwork necessary to tell me what's really going on. Right. Never mind if you're a corporation with an agenda, which yeah. is more likely than not, you know? So... Yeah, and and we're, we're again. It's like we're that film is a film that was taken where somewhere in the United States. I can't even remember where. In Patterson. I think game. in Oregon. Oregon. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was just a, a, a few decades ago. Several right. decades ago. Right. You know there
0: and, are there are actual pictographs in Oregon. From California, actually. Okay, California. Right. Yeah. There are actual pictographs in Oregon of a Bigfoot that are dated to furthest dating was like 3000 years old.
1: Right? Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So, um, now what John is talking about here and why that's so frustrating is because we're talking about cultures in Nepal and Tibet that have, uh, we're talking about thousands of years of history here with this strange bear man creature some of them would call him a like a translation of a bear man or spirit of the glaciers or a wild man of the forest wild man of the Himalayas snowman um, mountain savage cattle bear bear man yeah bear bear man though so it's like they're they're delineating the difference between a bear and a cre- this creature because it's standing on two legs in a lot of these accounts right Now there are different names for this thing, you know, the abominable snowman that came about happened like between like 1950 and 1980 somewhere. Can't remember who it was. Somebody coined that term in an interesting, sensational article where explorers had gone into, um, into the mountains and found some tracks that they didn't know what they were. They assumed that they were wolves. And rather than call them wolf tracks, he created the you know he he went back into their culture a little bit more and realized that there was this other creature it could have been, um and created you know uh, this kind of sensational um, term the the abominable snowman. This thing has names like in in Bhutan called Almas Migu or Migoi, in India Megur, Latsan. Um, you know we're talking about. Names in Tibet like Rime, which is forest dweller, Mi Shornpo, which is strong man, and Mi God, which is untamed man. So, and there's tons and tons of names. We won't get into all of them. The one that we know commonly is Yete, which was from the Sherp. they think that this is from the Tibetan Sherpa dialect, which is called a cliff dwelling bear or an animal from rocky places. And now written accounts that we're aware of actually date back to the 12th century where it was being called wild man and ape like being, or, and, and it was claimed that it did not have white fur, like everyone thinks that this thing had reddish brown fur. And a lot of people don't know this, but even in those cultures, there are categories of Yeti. There are different sizes of Yeti. Some that, are, some that are smaller, more than four feet tall. Some that are about six, six and a half feet tall. Some that are much larger and the larger ones apparently run on all fours, you know, like charging through the snow or whatever on all fours. And these are the massive Yeti that, that live on, uh, on these mountains. Yeah, people have described Bigfoot doing that. Right, why wouldn't he? I, yeah, mean, I mean, yeah. if you're going to get somewhere faster by using your arms, just do. I it. mean, I do that in the forest, <laughs> right? <I> mean- <laughs> well, if you're if you're on an incline too, and you're running up a mountain, you're probably going to put both lo- of your long arms as super muscular yeah. down and push yourself up forward a little bit yeah. more, you know? Yeah. Launch yourself into the mountain. Um, yeah. And so Yeti are claim to live in, in Alpine forests be- below the snow line, but occasionally wander up for food if they need it. Um, a lot of locals in, in the Tibetan and Nepali, Nepali area are, they claim that you're more likely to hear a Yeti than to see one. And that the the sound of these things is unmistakable. We're talking about like a high pitch scream that you'll hear, and then when one goes off, you'll hear a bunch of others answer in the mountains, which must be a little bit creepy, honestly, hearing that. Um, you've heard that scream before, too, right? Um, I've
0: heard it. I've heard the scream out in the forest, my, my local area. Not the Yeti Yeti, but, you know. A uh, Bigfoot, Bigfoot or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's, it. it's what I've heard is more of a whooping sound almost like a gorilla monkey type thing, yes. but it's exceedingly loud, like really, really effing loud. Really? Yeah. And then I've also heard the, the, what they call them knocking on wood. So you'll hear like knock, knock, knock in one location. And then in another location far away, you'll hear that as well. So some, and these kind are of commun-
1: communication,
0: communication, yeah. Communication, because you can go out there where there are known sightings and start knocking and eventually some may knock back. I mean, you know, when it gets to that, who knows, like how many people are out? Like it's all, what if it's just all Bigfoot researchers in the forest in my area and they're just all like, think they're talking to Bigfoot, but it's actually them. They're just talking
1: to themselves. That sounds like a really interesting place of the US to live. Are there that many Bigfoot researchers in your area?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really? I mean, heck, like the county next door to me, Skamania County, they, um, yeah. there's a law where you can't shoot a Bigfoot. Why so, would they
1: create a law like that, you think?
0: Right. Well, I mean, look, 1959- Was it for fun?
1: Was it like <laughs> to bring tourism? No, really? I'm asking.
0: Right. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, people say, obviously, people are going to say it's a joke. Obviously, right. people will say that. But the law still exists. Um, but you know, in 1959, the state department put out a, uh, I don't know what they call them, a notice to people, to their people that are going to Tibet or the embassy in Tibet on how to deal with the Yeti, the state department did. So, you know, there's, there are people in these positions of power who do take it seriously who do know what it is. And and my guess is that somebody's like, yeah, this is serious. We need to say something or make a law about it. And then they implement it. And then later on, everybody says it's just a joke because what else could it be but a joke? Because, hey, the whole myth started with that Patterson Gimlin fake film.
1: <laughs> and from I mean, before you even mentioned the name Skamania, I've seen Skamania come up a bunch of times when I've looked into Bigfoot and Yeti and stuff. Yeah, you know, Bigfoot. Yeah. I mean, I'd say Bigfoot and Yeti because, like, you could kind of couple all of my research on Bigfoot into the Yeti from what I'm finding.
0: Well, yeah, yeah it's the same same creature, if not cousins. Right. It's like the Yowie, you know, out of Australia. Yeah, the Yowie is a bit smaller, but the same, probably a genetic variant.
1: Well, and um, and those skunk apes that are in Florida are yeah. apparently like. In the sixes too like those, those guys are and... crazy those guys are
0: crazy
1: the i don't know what it
0: is like like sometimes in different regions like regionally they have different people will have different experiences with them so in some areas like native tribes will will consider them friendly um, and they live in clans and they interact with them a little bit while in others like the Bigfoots like dragging their women away and eating their kids right yeah oh haven't you heard the stories like some of these stories are pretty intense i mean i'd like heard some stories about um people getting hidden by bigfoot to be their little sex
1: slaves and stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry that's too much yeah That's awful. So, wait, are these some native stories? Like, they have some records of this? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. When you go back into when you dig and you find native stories on from different regions, they all have this. The they all speak of the same being, but they're approached in different ways, Um, and it's like people's experiences too. Like, one person may have an experience where they run into one of these that are aggressive. Next person may be like. Trading
1: trinkets and gifts with the thing, right? You know, I wonder if the I wonder if the Bigfoot in or the Big Feet, whatever you want to call them, in Florida are um, influenced by the just the sheer amount of crackheads in Florida. Because maybe what it is is like the crackheads there are just creating like this energetic field that the Bigfoots are influenced by, and then the skunk apes are going nuts out there and and doing yeah, I,
0: yeah, fentanyl Bigfoots.
1: Sentinel <laughs> swamp apes right and if you're from florida yeah. you know what i'm talking about because you'll just <laughs> you know who i'm talking about yeah um yeah I, that's really interesting i'd never i'd never heard that about skunk apes but you know florida really is very wild i mean we're talking about just the the everglades are just a crazy place i mean think about right. like just the different stuff that are there the crocodiles the alligators just the weird like you can't even go into that area like you're you're literally up half your legs or more in swamp you can't get through it and it's just crazy right. creatures live out there right
0: right god i heard i heard one story i don't know if it's true or not we never viewed it of a skunk ape just destroying a police car police officer running away and just destroying
1: the police car it just went off on it yeah it went off it, must it was been in one of those skunk ape Skunk ape teens with a lot of angst, you know? Or or
0: just like you know he's against authority to from the meth or find more meth or right. I don't know. Yeah, something. he
1: got in he got into one of the crackheads' huts. <laughs> yeah. He snorted a bunch of meth or fentanyl, and then he was all it was it. That was it. It was over. But I mean there's like
0: re- like so here's the thing. It's like the UFO phenomena. Like there's so many reports of Yeti. Like you found, like it's probably like you said is one of the most researched areas, like through time, through history, whereas Bigfoot is more modern on, on the side of research. But when you look at, when you take stories from across the world and l- take out the similarities, you can't help but notice, hey, there is something going on here, right? You can't you, yeah. you cannot deny that. Oh, and yeah, and mean- to relegate it to a bear is the most absurd intelligence insulting thing in the world.
1: Well, there is, okay. Now there is a history to why they landed on a bear too though. And I think it's important to bring that up because a lot bears of people stand up. No, wave. it's not just, it, it, that's true. If it's a nice bear, <laughs> but the, okay. If we look at a kind of what happened, all right now, um, and for everybody who's watching and just watched that last segment where we were talking about skunk apes, we actually have uh, a skunk ape, skunk ape expert that we interviewed on Rise.TV. Ben ended up, Ben Chastine, who is my co-host on Edge of Wonder, he uh, interviewed the skunk ape expert, and it was a really fascinating interview. So if you haven't watched that, John, too, if you haven't watched that, I highly I recommend it. it. Yeah, because what, I, what, got- I, what I vote for is for yeah. Ben to go out there. With him, that's what I, I vote for. I've, I've been telling him that, dude. After I watched that interview, I was like, "You better get yourself out there, yeah. man," because you know you're in the area already. Like, go research this stuff. You know, yeah. But he's got a lot of evidence too. I mean, he's got he's run into him a bunch of times. It's pretty awesome. All right, so, um, now. I'm going to get into a little this history of how they landed on a bear. Okay, now we know that they were calling them like a man bear or a bear man, wild man, and all of that stuff, right? There's different reports of these things. There's even different categories. So people are seeing different things, and then they're calling all of these things yetis. So it's important to also mention that, okay? But there is a two-legged animal that is called the mete which is close to Yeti, it's very close, and it appears in Buddhist temples and religious painted scrolls. And the mette, uh, which means bear man, right? That's that's what this thing is. Now, there are religious texts, like this one called the Mani Kabum. I might have mispronounced that, Mani Kabam. Des- it describes these wild humans as existing in the realm of rebirth between re- the realm of humans and animals hmm. and and tibetans also acknowledge that now you got to listen to this john this is really interesting there is this story about the creation myth of the money kabom oh sorry in the money of the of the yeti all right now um what it says is basically that according to the mani kabum that's that text that i just told you about tibet was once a giant lake that receded and it left behind a bunch of forests animals and mountains which is weird when we start talking about all of the flood history uh, stories that we have of 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 you know noah's flood and 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 that happening cyc- cyclically like every 15,000 years or something like that now the tibetan people were born on one of these mountains bordering uh, the Yarlung Valley. And this mountain was inhabited by uh, a Sinmo, or a Srinmo, which is a female rock ogress who was an incarnation of the Buddhist deity of mercy, Drolma, okay? The ogress met a monkey who was the incarnation of the Buddhist deity of compassion, Shenrezig, and the two mated. They produced six hybrid monkey-human children who became the ancestors of the original six Tibetan clans. They were short and covered with hair and possessed flat red faces, stood erect, and perhaps had tails. Over generations, the six clan ancestors evolved and they became more human until they developed into the Tibetan people. Now, the reason why they became more human, allegedly, is because they were eating food, like higher level food from like the divinities. And then it, it f- caused their bodies to change into something that was more human, godlike or godlike or beautiful. Right. Right, right. But yeah, so this one story claimed that it was this ogress and this monkey incarnation of these Buddhist deities that caused the birth of human beings in that area, which is a right. human, that's a human myth. We're, now we're, we're talking about the Yeti being basically combined as a part of that into the creation myth of human beings, which is right. like pretty out of control.
0: Yeah, that's that's really fascinating. Wow, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I was looking for because because they have these creation myths, um, and and they're usually very interesting. Like, I don't, you know, that's the hard thing with creation myths is that you don't know exactly one hundred percent what they're explaining, um, but it actually is good fodder for remote viewing.
2: Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written, and translated by recognized Japan expert, Dr. Heath Avey. Season one relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. At
1: the same time. Yeah, it is. And it's also like, you know, this... I don't know it's hard when you see something like that you're like i don't i don't think humans were were stupid at any point in history and so why are like i don't think these things are myths so what was it that you're like not all the time you know what i mean like it had to have come from somewhere is what i'm saying so right if human beings aren't stupid and like, where did is it really just this like b- bonkers belief that we came from some strange something like that? You know what I mean?
0: It's, well, I mean, you know, some people think that the the Yeti and Bigfoot is an Australopithecus, which is which would be uh, an early, early, early rendition of a human or some kind of offshoot from human, right? Like we
1: share, we're like cousins of some sort, right?
0: Right. Um, and it's gotten very skilled at trying to hide. I mean, there are native cultures who talk about the, the Yeti or Bigfoot as what was it they referred in some, in some cultures, they talked about it being a a tree man or a tree person because it could make itself into a tree and you couldn't see it. Um, but what they were saying was that it could be so still and camouflage itself right next to a tree that you wouldn't even see it and they do that i mean they'll just stand next to a tree from what i understand with just like one eye looking totally still and you won't see it wow
1: that's crazy so i just want to give a hat tip to that creation story that i found on this website right here um this is actually pretty good earth stories they did a good job of explaining a lot of different things around the Yeti. This image right here that you can see is an actual old, very, very old painting of a Yeti on, on, you yeah. know, I think it is ancient Chinese or that's, or that's wild. Yeah, yeah. that's so wild. I mean, that's what I mean. This thing like has been painted and talked about for centuries now. Right. Yeah. Right. One of the um. so one of the one of these temples has artwork of of the man bear or the Yeti in it. And we're talking about a temple that goes back hundreds of years and, and it might correspond to, but might be outside of this one story about a yogi who actually helped a Yeti who had an infected foot. Right. right, right. I've heard that story. Basically there's a, a yogi, he walks from India to Nepal. He decides he wants to live a hermetic slash ascetic life. He's going to live in in a cave, just meditate for for a long time. And this, he sees this while he's there. He sees this yeti walking to and fro almost every day. I guess while he like he's sitting there meditating or whatever it is, or he's living his ascetic life. I'm not sure, but he, you know he comes down with this some strange illness, like he has gout. He gets the gout or something. Maybe that's all he's eating. I don't know what he's doing. Gets the gout. He can't move. And one day the the Yeti stops showing up. He he's not going to and fro the way that he's seen him for the last like however many months. And so he starts feeling better one day. So he he walks over to see if he can see what's going on. Cause he like kind of misses seeing his friend. It's probably like the only entertainment this guy has is watching this Bigfoot walk back and forth, right? <laughs> So he finds the thing, and it's got a massive splinter in its foot. And so he he like knows that this thing could wake up at any second and kill him. But he's like, let me try to help this poor creature, because you know they're being they're trying to uh, cultivate compassion in their practice. So he takes the splinter out and he cleans the wound, and he uses his own saliva to clean the wound, and then he wraps the wound, and he leaves. And finally, later, he sees the Bigfoot limping along and he's getting up now. And um, w- on one of his like trips to and fro from the cave, all of a sudden out from the trees jumps this massive being. And he lays a dead tiger down in front of him, though yet he had killed the tiger. He lays the tiger down and he, you know, he's not going to eat the tiger meat because he's like a monk. So he cuts the skin off. I don't know. This is a little weird. He cuts the skin off of the tiger, and he offers the tiger skin to a monastery in the area,
0: right for the rituals. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's coming from like Bon religion, early, early. Yeah. Like Pre Tibetan Buddhism. Oh, that's fun. That's 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 fascinating. Like that's. Um, I had heard that story before. And so what is this? This is. Is this the origination point of, of how some uh, Tibetan Buddhist monasteries will revere the Yeti?
1: Yeah, they say that they the Yeti is a creature, is a helpful creature that is one of these protectors um, who, you know, m- like Buddhist monks have lots of experiences with these things and have a lot of people in the area. Now, there's other lore, too, which says that basically... This is very interesting. I found this out is that in some areas, in some local areas, it's really weird. Cause this is like, brings a lot of other research that I've done into this without even like expecting it to. In some of these areas throughout Nepal and Tibet, they believe that mountains are actually gods in, in mountainous form that they, they appear as mountains, but they're actually gods. And that the Yetis are the transition between the mountain and the human beings that actually make sure that the humans in that local area around that mountain are good. And so they actually lay the smack down on the local area when the morality is going off or people are doing bad things. So in some local areas, if people see a Yeti, This is the old man of the mountain in New Hampshire we're looking at right now, which fell off, by the way, unfortunately, a few years ago. Um, But just to kind of show you that mountains often take on these strange characteristics of human beings or other things. But anyway, point is, you know, they if if people would see a Yeti out in the wild, they would immediately go into prayer because they would think that they had done something wrong and that the Yeti was there to dole out, you know, kind of like a... (laughs) a lashing or two from, from the immortal or the, the God that, that protected that area.
0: Right. Right. Oh, that's interesting. That's, that's very, um, different, um, than how native peoples in the United States, uh, relate the Bigfoot. Um, they're, they're the Bigfoot from their perspective is usually, well, it's as, has a paranormal aspect. Uh, but, Mostly flesh and blood type of being, but then also in the native cultures, they do talk about a paranormal type aspect from Bigfoot. And you know what? I've not found any stories about the Yeti itself on the paranormal side. But you know, I don't know. Maybe you did. Other than that one that you just related. uh
1: I mean, all of these almost as a thread throughout all of these cultures, they all claim that this is a supernatural being that lives between, like, that basically lives half in the realm of rebirth. Well,
0: I mean, that, that, I mean, look, I mean, when you get to Bigfoot, like some of the stories around Bigfoot would, would go in that direction because, you know, native, native cultures have said that Bigfoot's able to go into another world and back. Um, and in fact, like, uh, you know, for most people, I guess, Bigfoot is very difficult for them to consider being real, obviously because of what's propagated throughout mainstream. Um, but then when you add that whole paranormal side on, on top of it, it's like they don't even want to touch it. and that's why there's a lot of researchers out there out there who just like focus on the flesh and blood aspect and negate anything that's paranormal about it. Or, or push it off and not included in the reports. But when you go through data over the Bigfoot, for instance, which is, you know, related to the Yeti, same general creature. Um, there are all these really interesting congruences within experiences that people have on the paranormal side with the, with this being in that the way that it seems to disappear. And the appearance of orbs around. In fact, I've seen these orbs before. Um, Will just be there one moment and gone the next. Which that's like your story that you just told.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, right. You're you know, other people have seen these orbs around Bigfoots, and they see orbs in all kinds of different weird situations. And um, I don't know why it is. I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's like when there's one weird paranormal thing going on, you'll often find other weird paranormal things going on at the same time as if like aliens or UFOs are attracted to a strange energetic difference in a certain area that's coming about and you just find the same phenomena all in one area. I think that's probably why your area in in, uh, Washington is so weird is like that area just has a lot of weird paranormal stuff going on all the time. Oh yeah. I,
0: I remember once I was, this wasn't that long ago watching, there was a stand of trees, pine trees. It was probably a couple hundred yards away and it was night dark. And I, I and some other people were watching this red orb, probably like 20 feet up, like just kind of like bobbing around in a certain area. I'm like looking at it. I'm going, you know, looking with night vision and looking with, we're all just like, what is that thing? It's like, there's nothing out there. It's just this red ball just bobbing around, and then moved off and disappeared and probably watched it for about 10 minutes or so. Um, And so when I had tasked on that, uh, like, what was that remote viewing, it referred back to a consciousness that, that, like, extended itself into uh, sort of a plasma type energy, which right. is a orb, in order to perceive things from a different perspective. And the consciousness that projected itself seemed to be a Bigfoot in the data. So <laughs> that that's. Super,
1: yeah, that's super normal stuff.
0: Right. Super normal. And so there is where you get into the whole paranormal side of the Bigfoot, of the Yeti, and, and the really the. Most most researchers dispense with that stuff because it's not going to help the case of getting the general public to believe it's something real once they start including the paranormal side. But in what I've seen with this being, there is a massively interesting and weird paranormal side to it, not just in reports, but what we've seen with our data. And like going back to that story again that you just told of it living between the worlds in the realm of rebirth and here, well, that's really fascinating. Really fascinating. Because that does line up. That lines up with stuff that I've, I've I've remote viewed around it, stuff that native peoples have talked about with it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe why people see it so infrequently up there. It's not like you see these things all the time. We're talking about, I mean, look, we're talking about in... We have this monk who we were just talking about, the Lama Sangwa Dorje. I may have mispronounced that. Right. That's the guy that walked from India to Nepal, right? He actually took one of these scalps with him, allegedly when the when the Yeti died. This that was helping him. In order to prove it, he took the scalp with him and put it in the in the temple as a holy relic. Also, a Yeti hand was included with that, and at that same temple, which is called Pangboche Gompa, the monastery was founded around year 1667 by Sangwa Dorje. They had this hand added to the collection. Now, in 1959, there was an explorer named Peter Byrne who went there to this temple, and he stole a few of the finger bones from the hand and replaced them with human fingers. fingers. Now this is why the monks would never show these relics to anyone because they were like really important to the internal um, you know monastery but they let this one guy in and he steals a few of the finger bones. Later on they they start doing tests on, the, on these fingers and they find them to be human bones. So we'll n- we don't know now if this thing was actually a yeti like bone or if this was right (laughs) human i mean we will never know and the scalp was later found to be a hoax but we don't know about that either and i can in a way we'll never know about this either because the the tests that were done on the scalp were done between 1961 and 1962 sometime in thereabouts and um and the problem is that in 1959 or 1960 the Um, there were, you know, the expeditions basically had to stop going to Tibet because the Chinese communist party basically was cracking down on the Tibetans. There was like, you know, a bunch of unrest in Tibet because of the Chinese authorities or the communist Chinese communist authorities there. And then they started suppressing, um, the Tibetans and they, they believed that anyone coming into Tibet to do expeditions or anything like that could be spies. So they just cracked down on all of that, but somehow mysteriously, this one guy in the 1960s is allowed in. Right. And he, he does these tests on, um, on, I think his name was, uh, I think it was, um, Edmund Hillary and Marlon Perkins you went they went with a team of scientists they did tests on the hand and the scalp and debunked them okay now um, again they said they said that the the fur was like this like type of goat that they have there that the fur was from this type of goat. But the the reason why this is so weird to me is because I almost think that the only way that the CCP would allow those guys to come in and do any of this in the first place was as if was if they were going to debunk it because they don't like any culture that would support the supernatural or anything being out of this world. The Communist Party sought to suppress back then because they were trying heavily to destroy the culture and control the people. So we have still got a strange we've you know, a lot of people then after this happened, just started saying, well, they're mistaking all of these for bears. That's how it happened. Right. Is the debunking of those two relics basically caused everyone to just stop going there for expeditions and then think that these were all bears that people were seeing.
0: Right. Exactly. And, And then and then get bear hair do genetic okay. testing and that's that. I think they related it to ooh, an 18,000 year old extinct polar bear that yes, like some there kind were... of genetic variation off of it now or something in the mountains there.
1: Yeah. So what John is talking about for those of you at home is a, a little bit after the scalp and the hands were quote unquote debunked. Some other people found some hair out in the wilderness, or the Himalayan wilderness, the very cold wilderness, and they brought it in. Some researchers did tests on it, and it was found to be this extinct version of a, of a polar bear or something like that. Right.
0: Yeah. That's that's, that's the unfortunate thing, and then it, it all, all gets classified under that, and you know, research is all shut down for the most part.
1: Okay. So yeah. the real question is then, you know, after watching a bunch of stuff on the yeti, uh, most of the mainstream stories will go through how all of these explorers went there to look, all of these mentions, how all of these different, like there are, we're talking about different explorers being on the mountain and together seeing something that they didn't understand and then reporting it in different books. And yet we're still at a place where this thing is debunked, that it doesn't exist. Mainstream media will tell us that it doesn't. But John, what did you and, and your remote viewers find?
0: Oh, I mean, it's just like the, um, it's just like Bigfoot. I mean when we look okay so here's a for instance i mean there's so much um like skullduggery or i don't know what do you want to call it around this stuff like for instance the there's a video that showed up oh years ago of of a white yeti in the spanish mountains near a ski resort right and so everybody grabbed that started throwing it all around i mean because it's you know fairly clear video And, um, I remember remote viewing that just to see what was what on it. And we got a person in a suit. Um, we didn't get, we got a hoax on it. And, Mm. um, and then later on, it was admitted to as being a hoax by, uh, the ski resort. So, you know, there is a lot of hoaxing around this, especially around footprints, Mm. There are certain things that you can tell about it. And so, about like if it's a real thing or not with footprints, I don't know how easy that is with snow in general. Well,
1: but have you ever seen that Eric Shipton um, footprint, the like most famous footprint of the Yeti? Yeah. It's called the Shipton print. Right. Exactly. Was, was that real or a hoax? That's real. That's real. real.
0: Because when we view that, we get it's the same with all this stuff. And it actually gets co- kind of boring to remote view. It's it's a it it's typically what remote viewers go to is this sort of like sense of power like ah, in the being like like they always describe it being very big uh, they describe it as a subject an intelligent subject not a bear um, but as an intelligent subject that is typically you know looking for food scavenging hunting and is very powerful it like extremely powerful that's that's wow. like the va- the data always goes down that path and so like this shows up the same in a lot of instances of, of whether they caught it on film and we remote view it or there's a footprint and we remote view it always describes the same type of subject and this yeti is the same type of subject as the bigfoot there's really no difference in it except for probably some minor genetic variations across mm. uh, continents um and it like the being the creature is like typically foraging looking for food like that's pretty much what it's doing all the time even even like going around places where humans uh, are living and and digging around in those locations quite frequently actually because humans just Dump a lot of stuff that that they they go after, but then there's this whole other aspect, this whole other side where there's a, a sort of a community cultural type thing that they have, um, where where they um, basically have family units and sort of clan type units mm. that they live in, much like what the Native Americans speak about here in the United States. So. They never, none of the data from me and from other viewers ever describes it as being an animal. It's always a man-like subject, but it's very large, very hairy, very powerful. It's got no um, inherent darkness, anger, evilness, or anything like that. It's, It's a subject that is living, like in this realm. Now... As a normal thing with the Bigfoot or the Yeti, we don't get it being paranormal to any degree unless we take somebody's sighting where a Bigfoot did a paranormal thing. Like generally, like when we see a video or we see footprints and we remote view it, it never goes into a paranormal aspect of Big, Bigfoot. Like, like So this thing is like a flesh and blood more so. Right. type of being but then it's like i see i don't know how deep these two sides go with each other when it comes to these creatures the, the the traversing world thing versus the physical thing i don't know how those things intermingle right i don't know if if it's the same for all bigfoot i don't know if it's small segment or some offshoot of them but it's like when we take those stories where somebody has had what they think is a paranormal experience with a bigfoot it it definitely goes into it it absolutely goes into it where they can exist in a different world than here they can utilize the plasma of what orbs are like plat orbs are when people photograph orbs and they say they're orbs and they're not bugs and all that stuff we've remote viewed those and it's a plasma type earth energy that's created. And in that plasma type earth energy consciousness can utilize it, can go into it, can project into it. I mean, humans can even do this and then use it as sort of an extension of itself. Um, and so we see a lot of that, like they can use
1: that. So they have some type of ability. Yeah. Wow. And, um, so there, there is some supernormal aspect to these things and they definitely do exist. I mean, we're not talking about people that are mistaking a bear, you know, for these no, things. No, I mean, I
0: mean, like our data never goes in that direction ever. And, you know, we've remote viewed animal, many animals, bears, we remote view animals all the time in training and practice and stuff like that. So no, never, never describes anything close to a bear ever.
2: And
1: have you ever, have you ever, um, encountered or uh, just asking you this, like a remote viewed this, like this Yeti that's larger, that runs on all fours instead. I mean, are there different categories of these things? Well, they'll, they'll,
0: they will run on all fours and also stand up.
1: So they're doing both.
0: And go bipedal. Yeah. Because sometimes they'll just do that. In fact, there are plenty of reports out there where people have seen Bigfoot go on all fours and then go up bipedal. It's not a bear. I mean, it's very easy to tell the difference between a bear and this, because the bear's legs are like this big compared to a big. I mean, it's just, it's a different thing. It's a totally different thing. Um, So yeah, a big difference. Um, And yeah, they will, they'll run on all fours. Yeah, like the dog man too. You know the dog man stories where it'll go on all fours and also by go bipedal.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dog man is a big, big rabbit hole. We'll have to yeah. get into at some point. <laughs> um, well, so you guys, if you're looking for more information about the yeti and what we're talking about, John has a killer episode on rise.tv oh, about the love the... Pass. okay so <laughs> we, we didn't even talk that, about that one no we, <sighs> we didn't and i think like we may go into the diatlov pass at some point here but what i would recommend is for those of you at home that want more information about this go over to rise.tv do yourself a favor exactly and watch John's episode on Chronicles of a Psychic Spy about the Dyatlov pass. And yeah, if you don't crap your pants after that, I'm ser- <laughs> like, for real, that is a, that is a crate. I mean, it's a mystery. The Dyatlov pass anyway, is a, is a gigantic mystery that no one's been able to solve. And John and his team went in and, and gave some, um, information about, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's very compelling information. Yeah. It is, um. All right, well, this has been really interesting. I had no idea there was such a long history to the Yeti. I thought this was a thing that was just, you know, cousin of the Bigfoot, all kind of came about sort of like CNN's been telling us like after this video was taken uh, back in the day of, of Bigfoot. But no, there's, there's uh, we're talking about hundreds and hundreds of years here, maybe even thousands of years where people have been seeing this. And so uh, pretty exciting stuff. Um, John, do you have anything else to add? No, I mean, I just,
0: I, I think that one of the big things I, people, that people can do when they go to the forest is look at deadfall patterns and try to understand deadfall patterns in the forest. In other words, like how branches fall in the forest and, and to become very, very aware of that stuff because you will begin to find indications that not all deadfall is deadfall. That's all I'm going to say. Just be very aware of that. Yeah, because that'll lead you to these types of subjects.
1: Yeah, we're talking about, um, you know, communications like these whoops that you were talking about, like the whoop whoop in the forest, uh, the screams that we heard or that they were talking about in Tibet and Nepal with the Yeti. And then another form of communication potentially being strange patterns that are being made with branches and stuff. Yeah. Um, And when you see those, there may just be a Yeti or a Bigfoot around. Yep. Especially if you're in the forest. Yep. All right. Well, John, thanks so much for being with us. Um, All of you at home, please leave your comments uh, below. We would love to hear from you guys, especially if you have your own story or your own encounter with these things or information that we didn't yet cover uh, in these episodes. It's impossible for us to cover everything uh, in one of these episodes. So definitely leave a comment below. Let us know what you think. Uh, I would love to see um, any information you got there. And uh, yeah, we hope you guys thought this episode was as out of this world as we did. We'll see you next time.